Been such a very, very long time since we've done any type of podcasting. Um, lack of lack of class, laziness. I don't know. Number of different things, but in the midst of it all, uh, we've uh, done a lot of changes here at the agency. And one of the things that we were lucky enough to do is uh, during open interviewing and scouring throughout the whole entire um, England market, we came across a new, really special SEO person. His name is Gary Jones, and he joins us here today on the podcast. Hello, Gary. Yeah. Hi. Cheers for, uh, cheers for hiring me, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on board. Um, ideally, though, um, <clears throat> not ideally, but um, just for clarifications, though, Gary is stateside. He is a former uh, gent from the UK. Obviously, you can tell with the accent, but uh, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background, at least our customers and listeners know a little bit back where you come from and why the big reason, it'll be pretty, pretty um uh, made aware why we wanted Gary to be a part of this team. So Gary, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and uh, what, what your kind of background is inside of 30 seconds. Go. Okay. Yeah. So um, I've been in the United States since 2015. Um, I have worked in a couple of different fields, uh, mostly related to media and media writing. Um, a lot of that was bent towards SEO and it, um, the importance of um, getting content to basically rank near the top pages of Google. Um, and yeah, so I've worked with, I've worked with um, some big and some small companies and um, I'm always hungry to learn as much as I possibly can about the SEO industries and, you know, the secrets you can find out and the little tips and tricks you can pass on to help people grow. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that drew me to you during the, during the hunt back in the fall was the wide variety of experience you did have um, working on a number of large brands, but also in the gaming space, a little bit in the entertainment space. And I think um, one of the last stints you had was to really look at some uh, company you're working with site that had millions and millions of uh, page views uh, on a daily, weekly basis, um, not, even if not per month. You guys, you were looking at articles for their performance on different long tail keyword phrases to modify older entry point pages so that you could um, work CPMs to have higher return on investment. Is that kind of like, am I reciting it the right way? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, <clears throat> it, could, it, it, was definitely, it was definitely something similar to, to what you're describing. And it was, um, it was always an ongoing challenge because it, it, it was always such a competitive um, kind of marketplace and market space in yeah. which you find yourself in. Um, some com some companies are in niches that say don't move that often. And some, some companies are in niches that change every single day and have piles and piles of new content uh, appearing online uh, within hours. Yeah. And I think that's where it drew my attention because you're inside the space so much, my, myself and you are, you know, we were in parallels there for a bit. And it's like you forget how small your world really is and how big it, it possibly can be. 
a lot of our customers, they don't understand. They come to us with a set of KPIs. It just might be a handful of those, but you don't understand by going through and analyzing a lot of your traffic, site conditions, um, where there's low-hanging fruit, how there's other opportunity for revenue in a number of different ways. That could be downstream, but you could look at that in a lot of different ways. So researching uh, traffic that's coming to pages on your site, if it's you know, your blog or it's content, and if you have uh, any type of CPM advertising around there or offers or it's lead gen based, if you re-optimize those on a regular basis, you might be able to you know, flex your muscles and become a little bit more efficient and, and, and definitely show an ROI for that investment. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, a lot of people don't think about going that granular in a lot of ways. But I guess when you have a big site and you can hire someone just to do that as a full-time gig, that works, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, and, and some and some places they had, um, you know, some places will always have unique challenges. But um, you can have someone with a lot of traffic. But if the traffic isn't, um, you know, some something that they can sell on, then it can be a problem, you know. Um, if if you're a if you're a European based site and most of your traffic is coming from the United States, um, what do you do with that problem? You know, do you look to migrate away from that, or do you look to grow that and 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 move closer to that market and and try and set yourself up further in in that area? It's you know, there, there's some of the things, some of the questions that can just pop up from working on all kinds of uh, different sites and, and with different clients. Yeah. So <clears throat> the reason to reunite is, um, our, you know, kind of reinvigorate the podcast and get into this a little bit more. We have a special thing that's going to be happening with the agency in the next couple months forthcoming, but uh, our podcast and helpful content and dialogue, uh, getting out to our clients and target audience or whoever's out there that enjoys hearing about this stuff. Um, we're going to be doing this on a regular basis. It's going to be happening weekly moving forward. And over the weekend, actually on Friday, sent a slack over to Gary on Friday night and said, huh, look what I just heard about. That was pretty interesting. And it was definitely a uh, eyebrow raiser for me in the midst of some serious, um, news that was going on about police brutality and other things, um, this came across my Twitter feed, which is Yandex had a leak um, that basically a portion of their code that was submitted to a Git repository was hacked over the summer in 22 and was uh, released on some Substack sites yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry, last week on, uh, I believe on Wednesday or Thursday that it was confirmed. And it was uh, about 43 gigs of information but the important part about this is that it basically is supposedly, here's air quotes, it was giving out a lot of their search ranking factors for how their algorithm works. Now, for people listening, Yandex is essentially the Google of Russia. That is their number one search engine over in that part of the world. Um, definitely not going to trump out what Google's doing, but it's uh, definitely came after Google. And it's indexing, and it's, again, the number one uh, search engine over in that portion of the world and parts of Europe. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, it's definitely um, managing a lot of requests uh, every single second over in that region. And it's been around for over a decade or so. So it's uh, it's got some legitimacy behind this here. And um, kind of was digging into this in a lot of the things that were here. And how does this come into play for a simpleton or for a general person out there, you got a small business, might be something hyper-localized. Um, you have a website, you're putting some money into ads, into meta, 
and you're wondering, you know, you're doing, you're, you're spending a couple thousand dollars a month to work on a strategy on your website. And of course you do want organic uh, traffic coming into your site. So why would this even matter to you? And I think that's the thing Gary and I wanted to summarize for you guys in about 10 or 15 minutes is kind of point out a number of things that um, helped to solidify things that we kind of knew um, and where we can find parallels, how this matches to what Google does. Now, again, this is speculative. Um, I believe it has been verified that this was actual code of theirs, a version of the code. Of course, they're going to skittle skittlebot around this and stuff. However, uh, it was verified that this this code did go out, and it is not Google. So, um, let's talk about some of the similarities and some of the things that happened. Gary, do you want to hit on some of these things, or do you want to kind of go back and forth in regards to them? Where do you want to start? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I would just start by saying that um, in such a data-driven industry such as ours, we have to go very long lengths of time. Um, with very little information on some of the more technical sides of things. Um, so uh, we've gone through phases where we've got a lot of information from Google when they've been making major updates. And we've gone through phases when Google hasn't given us any information on or very little information for some for some updates that have seemed to have caused some major changes. Yeah, no. um, right now... You know, that was a thing, too, is it was only like three years ago that actually somewhere right around the time that Danny Sullivan uh, joined as the head of spam after Matt Cutts and they had a vacancy over there for a couple of years. Um, But that's when Google actually did. I think it was the Your Health, Your Life, um, those updates when they kind of formulated EAT as uh, basically your part of their Raider guidelines. Um, but that's when they started actually announcing that they were doing updates and that they were verifying those via Twitter. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to add in there so a lot of people know that we haven't always known when Google was going to be doing updates or when there were going to be major sh- shuffles that went on, or we called them the Google Dance for the longest time since the mid-2000s. Um, that's what they were known as. And now it's a regular ongoing daily thing with some major core updates um, to specific specific parts of the algorithm that are announced and done on kind of a monthly basis now. Um, but continue on, Gary. Um, yeah, so I think that recently we've gone back to a point where we, we do get more information now. I think in 2022 we got quite a lot of updates on, you know, those Google updates, um, like the helpful content, things like that. Um, and sometimes we're still... Uh, missing things out and the, but the one side that we don't know much about is the, um, the technical side we don't get to look at Google's code for things like that and um, a lot of it um, can be you know good guessing basically yep. on on how to move more forward and I think with what's happened with um, Yandex it's a good point in time where we can look at it and while we can't say that this is going to be point for point with Google, I think it's a great time for people to kind of just use what's coming out of it as a refresher and kind of uh, check out those ranking factors. Because like I say, they might not be word for word for Google or anything like that, but there might be things in there that that get you thinking about 
things that you might have forgotten about, um, ranking factors that you already knew about Google or they talked about. And you might go, well, wait a minute, Let, let's go back and see if those things are still, what was the latest for something in in that area for Google. Um, that's what I've been looking at. I've been looking through this list of ranking factors for Yandex and, and, and pointing out the things that maybe have slipped my mind or I've, you know, they've, they've slipped down the pecking order in my mind and I'm, I'm using this as a good time to really kind of look back and go, well, how can I take that information and, and apply it to the people I'm working with now and the clients I'm working with now? Yeah. Um, you know, there's the value factor when you're looking for a partner or you're looking for a, a service that's going to be working along with your team or they're going to be doing the work solely at, uh, at your um, appointment. Um, how many points, how many points of reference are they going back to and how are they taking in something like this um, objectively? And looking at it and taking consideration or using those as a refresher, like you're saying there. So, Search Engine Land, uh, of course, was one of the first places to come out and kind of um, uh, had a little bit more of a deeper article in regards to it. And <clears throat> I just want to run through some of the things here as, as we do a lot of scanning. Everybody does now. And time is limited, so you can't just read everything and, and soak 80 hours into something like this over a weekend. Um, but what I thought was interesting is there was a number of uh, of of, of points of ranking factors and they went a kind they, they went ahead and kind of um, re- recited a lot of what they were and then looked at commonalities or things that were just like too basic and then and, and reconfigured it so 1900 search factors of how a web site or web page is ranked specifically um, what they recited in regards to that is um, a number of things were kind of what you expected to see. So they have their own variation of page rank, which is essentially was branded by Larry Page, one of the founders of Google. And back in the day, it was really the uh, a couple factors is which ranked web pages because everything before was an, ind- an indexing directory. Um, AltaVista, Mama.com, Netscape, Lycos, search engines like those were in a big way um, trumped out by Google because of the fact that they looked at the page rank, the number of links coming back to pages inside of a website and what was the anchor text of those links that were pointed into what pages. And then as they crawled the web, they calculated those and, and so on and so forth. And it grew from obviously a large point there. Text relevancy is a big deal also with Yandex. Um, some other things like Gary mentioned, you don't think about a lot of ways too. And like, this is one of the things that turned me on to him as an applicant uh, back in the fall was some of this creative thinking of like content age and freshness. How often are you going back into some of your cornerstone pages of your website and looking at traffic and looking how trends change and how do you jump on the things like that? And how often are those being updated and becoming fresh? Um, some other things which a lot of people do forget about is, yeah, I put a website together. Lar- largely, the biggest hindrance is going to be assets. It's going to be the content, images, uh, appending white papers, PDFs, other things like that, and how those are going to be built so they're going to be searched and viewed by a end user from your website. And um, user behavior signals that are coming from a search index. So... Let's say we're talking about Premiership Soccer and Crystal Palace. 
and we're doing some searches on Google and it displays different results to us. There's some paid ads above it. Then you have your organic results. I go to the first result and it happens to be for the Premier League. And the second result might be for the club's website. Um, I click on the second link and I clearly don't find what I'm looking for. So I quickly bounce out of there and then I go back to the first link. Uh, essentially those actions are recorded. It's somewhere that we know of like Google um, or it's speculated and very highly speculated that those types of things come into the fray of how they're calculating how good your, your website is. Um, so if people are bouncing from going through a click on an organic search and then going back and clicking on something else or lack thereof, they actually click through your website and they stay there for quite a while. Those things are all giving you um, ranking factors, whether you like it or not. Um, another one that was pretty important was host reliability. Um, and so this all goes back to the old joke is <clears throat> we have customers that will come in and it might be on the smaller uh, smaller business market, but they host with GoDaddy or the Two Cows or some of those smaller uh, large conglomerates rather. Um, but they bought the eight ninety nine domain registration and they're paying four ninety nine a month for hosting on a shared host. That host reliability and how much... Um, traffic that it can take and its performance is definitely going to play uh, a factor into how you rank specifically. Um, so let's see. Some of the other ranking factors that they're finding what was kind of surprising was the number of unique visitors, percentage of organic traffic, and the average domain ranking across queries. So there goes back into some arguable points of age of domain registration, longevity of domain registration, um, some other factors that I thought were pretty interesting is I've always been, um, what's the right word for it? I've always been a bugger for having underscores in uh, page URLs or having too many dashes. Um, that seems to be a factor as well. Also numbers in URLs um, for pages and other things, which is kind of a big hmm. deal. Let's see. Um being penalized, let's see, a lot of people are highlighting their interpretation is this website is penalized and page rank is reduced to zero. This is inline longstanding theory that you receive a penalty in Yandex. Recovery is a lot harder. So penalizations, that seems to be a big thing. That's some of the information that was summarized inside of there. Um, what are some other things you've seen, Gary? I thought it was, I mean, there's some things that are like super basic, but there are also things that I just think are quite interesting as well just to just to think about and kind of look at from a from a kind of different perspective things like um the percentage of direct traffic is a ranking factor and the idea that if your site is just pulling if your site is just pulling organic traffic and it, and it's not getting um people who are just coming straight to the site cuz they know it um, that can be seen as suspicious to a um, search engine. Yeah, I find that incredibly interesting because if you, it kind of it feels like some of these 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 factors that are in play are making it much more difficult to be, um, say, creating a new website or if you are a new business, then people. I mean, it, it's rare these days to say you're a business and you don't have a website or your website is ancient and then you're looking to, you know, reinvigorate or change that, that area and you, and you create a, a site and you, 
and you know you invest in the in the SEO and you're doing well with the organic traffic, it, it it's strange. It's a strange feeling that there's a counterbalance where it's just like, well, if you're not getting direct uh, visitors, then I find that strange. And I but I understand why. I understand. I can see the, the logic behind that because there are so many spam websites out there that just simply, you know, copy and paste other people's content and then look to to beat them um, on, yeah. the, on the on the ranking pages. And so that that's a way of, you know, uh, counterbalancing that strategy people have. Um, but it's interesting as well, just think about it and just look at that and think, oh, <laughs> I see. So like it, it also, it kind of feeds into how SEO needs to work with a larger um, kind of marketing strategy sometimes oh, yeah. when, when you learn this. Oh yeah. That's definitely for sure. It definitely needs a strategy behind it. Um, but you, you, you got to arm yourself with someone that can help walk you along in the steps that are appropriate and also be able to explain to you what you're up against potentially and how to get there. Mm. So, because we're definitely still tainted in an industry at large, um, where SEO now is a common more, it's more common more than it was a dozen plus years ago. Uh, did a lot of education back in those days. But now the value of what those are and something that is being optimized or being fed, uh, hiring someone to do SEO for your site, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I stopped and got the kids food. Well, you went to McDonald's. Um, so, you know, versus you did, you know, get some good chicken and brought it home and cooked it appropriately with some fresh vegetables. Uh, that's definitely getting the kids food, but there's variance in the type of food that's being delivered and the quality that's going to have and some obviously negative impact that could be uh, seen from those as well. Um, running mm, back through sure. s- some of these things was um, URL construction seemed to matter. Um, trailing slashes were seen as negative and numbers in the URL could also be seen as negative. Again, seen as not necessarily um, definitive. Positives, if you're containing a corresponding country or city geo at identifier to the user, that could be beneficial. So we're in, um, I'm in Detroit. Um, so if we had like Detroit, DetroitCars.com, um, obviously is going to be a little bit more relevant than a brand name or something that's like a Carvana uh, might have a little bit more trouble uh, based off of that for people that are looking for corresponding keyword phrases. Um and domains or the query has a semantic relation to the query. Um, and URL length is also a factor. So when you get into those longer terms, like Crystal Palace wannabe footballer.co.uk, that might not be as a advantageous URL as some other simpler, easier URLs would be. And I keep bringing up these football references, obviously, because I'm a football fan. And Gary is kind of like my segue into over the pond and what's going on over there. And I'm kind of stuck in a country where a lot of people, football, they think about how bad the Lions are doing or the Super Bowl that's going to be going on, where that is definitely not what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) But I enjoy talking about a little bit about things that happen on the pitch and stuff. Um, Predicting the numbers of products on a page where they use a DSSSM to look up the URL and the page title to determine if a web page has one product or multiple products listed on it. So DSSM product uh, prediction probabilities um, also utilize into the URL and to the title. That seems to be a factor in regards to it. Um, obviously, they have quality scoring 
that's going on. Um, they, we found, uh, or not we, but others have found essentially a handful of factors related to medical, financial, and legal topics, which was also very interesting. Um, also TikTok, it's not clear that it's essentially implemented that that's as far as traffic coming in or they're visible or there's, uh, things going on in TikTok that's um, playing into the SEO. Host reliability we already talked about. Let's see. Visits to individual URLs. Visitors that went there over a period of time, how long they're spent, uh, average time spent. Audience data, which looks like it's coming from other third parties that they're meshing that with. Uh, The depth of how long someone goes into a site and where they click through. And then, um, you know, kind of summarizing this up here too, age of links and factors of query relevancy in titles and in text of titles. So now we go back to when we're building out sites, it's really important to, I use the metaphor of the book. The book is your company on the web. And how do we structure with the title and then chapters and sub chapters? And then we look at parent, child, and grandchild relevancy for like navigational components and which of those should be spoken more towards the audience at hand that we're targeting for your users. Um, and then how do we mesh those together with what socially people would expect to find or how they can look, look for certain things and expect to find them by the terms you want to use, or do we link those back to, or not link, but utilize more keyword related frames. Um, so, Over-optimization versus generalized optimization for your audience all seems to be like factors in regards to them. But links, another component that uh, it does impact overall search ranking. And uh, that's still a big deal. And so this is Yandex in Russia. And it's not necessarily everything to do with Google, but I think there's a lot of factors here that's going to keep them... um, very much well aligned and things that we have to think about in regards to when we're doing stuff uh, and and putting together marketing strategies and outlining tactical plans on how you're going to be getting ahead. So yeah, for sure. With that being said, um, yes. Summary, Gary, what do we learn? What do we need to do? And what do we need to tell clients in regards to what they should be thinking about? I think going back to an earlier point you made, I think this is this this information is great. Uh, it's really informative. I think it's useful in a way that just helps everyone kind of kind of reboot what maybe they were thinking about and like kind of look at their strategies in a in a different light. But it's also it, it can also be a big pile of data that you you just you kind of don't really understand and you don't really want to understand as well. So I think. Um, it can maybe answer questions for you. I think, um, and and it kind of, but it also emphasizes the point of being able to go to someone, reach out to someone, and say, "Hey, I just saw this online, um, and it's saying that bookmarks is a ranking factor now for websites." And you know, you go to an SEO person, or you can go to you know whoever you're working with, and they can tell you, and they can give you an opinion on well. Uh, you know, is that worth the time and energy to 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 um, increase people bookmarking your your website? Um, you know, if 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 Wikipedia, if having a link to Wikipedia is a massive ranking factor and it's something you care about, then it's something that we'll care about as well. But we can also give you a, an honest opinion on how easy that 
something like that is to achieve. So I think um, something like this is a great way for us to um, to kind of refresh our you know our, our, our kind of ideas with, and also be able to maybe answer um, questions more thoroughly and with a better understanding of what's happening on the technical side of things. Obviously, this information is speculative, but you know. It, it might help us when it, when when um, people have our questions, and we might be able to give more um, less vague answers. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And um, you know, lastly, we have to remind everybody that um, Yandex, Google, they are companies and they do have shareholders and um, you know, they're intellectual property. When you go there and you type in and do a search, you're given into all the terms of service and how that is utilized. Same with businesses. When you're submitting your sites there and it's crawled and indexed, um, it's really about how you're showing up. And if not, they have uh, programs such as ads. I'm not sure it's over on the index side. I'm sure it's very similar that you can utilize to be very, very targeted for keywords and where to show up where your users want, want where you want your users to see you. Of course, for a fee, if that's going to be per click or that's going to be on a CPM basis. Well, that's another edition of our new podcast. It's the 301 Redirect has been always the name. And I'm understanding that that is up for challenge. And that's going to be changed coming up very shortly with a couple other changes that are going on. But I hit that a little prematurely there, Gary. But uh, thank you for coming on and taking time out in the afternoon to give everybody a bunch of your sharp knowledge. Always a pleasure. <laughs> See everybody soon. Bye.